Open your Bibles to the book of Mark, please, chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. I want to talk again this morning about the supernatural, miraculous God that we serve. And my heart is stirred by the, the miracles we've seen, the things we've seen happen, and people getting touched physically. And I want us to continue to believe and contend for miracles. Amen? And I want us to continue to believe that that's what, that's what brings revival. That's what changes lives, is people that are sick getting healed, people that are bound getting delivered, people that are mad getting happy, marriages that are messed up getting fixed, finances that are broken being fixed. Amen? Those are the things this morning that fix uh, people's belief in if God is real or not when they see a miracle. Amen? How many have seen a miracle? Amen. Right before we read Mark chapter 1, I was talking to Pastor Paul this week. He told me that they had a miraculous miracle in the home church. There was a baby born just this last week, and the baby was born with the umbilical cord around her neck. His neck, sorry. So when, when the baby came out, the baby was, was not breathing. And as soon as they got it out, saw the umbilical cord wrapped around, many nurses began to work on the baby and uh, this just happened, and there was about 10 or 12 people, doctors rushed in to the room, and, and they just began to work and it, for about 45 minutes. And during that 45 minutes, the baby flatlined and died, and there was no pulse. And about 40 minutes in, 45 minutes in, a lady from the home church who was the aunt happened to be there. She was standing back, obviously letting the doctors do what the doctors are supposed to do. But how many know when the doctors can't do what the doctors can do, Jesus can step in? Pastor Paul said that lady had something rise up in her. She pushed her way through the doctors and nurses and began to pray over that baby. In the name of Jesus, I command life to come into this baby. And the flat line came back and she began, he began to breathe. Amen. That was on a Thursday, and that following Sunday, that baby was in church, and that baby is perfectly fine right now. That's the Jesus we serve, church. Amen? That's the Jesus we serve. Let's look at Mark chapter 1, verse 21. They went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teachings. How many still get astonished by his teachings? He taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, the spirit cried out to Jesus saying, let us alone, meaning there was more than one. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Church, the devil knows where Jesus is. And he knows if he's in you. Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, is the devil, the demon speaking, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. How I many know sometimes you got to tell the devil, Be quiet? Sometimes you got to tell the devil, Leave my kids alone. Sometimes you got to tell the devil, Get out of my marriage. Sometimes you tell the devil, Get out of my finances. Get out of my life. Amen. You've got to take some authority over the devil. Jesus said, be quiet. How many want to walk in that authority? 
I know as we begin to read the words of Jesus, many times we erroneously think, wow, what an amazing Savior. Yes, definitely. Wow, what an amazing God. Yes, definitely. Wow, what an amazing authority. Yes, definitely. But the Bible says that we can have that power too. Don't get caught up so amazed by his power that you don't realize that God can use your life. I want us to believe as a church, and I've been saying this, and I want to get it inside of you to believe that this is not the job of the evangelist. This is not the job of the pastor. This is not the job of some super spiritual person. This is the job of the church to lay their hands on the sick, to cast out demons, to preach the gospel, to testify about Jesus, to share the love of Jesus, to do the work of God. Amen. It's the work of all of us. Amen. Every single one of us say, I am an evangelist. Say, I can heal somebody in the name of Jesus. I can cast out demons in the name of Jesus. I can trample on serpents and scorpions in the name of Jesus. Y'all believe that? Some of y'all are still stumbling over that one. Turpins and scorpions. Amen. 25. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit said no. Didn't say that? When the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed. So they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority, he commands, watch this, even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately, his fame spread throughout the region and around Galilee. When we see miracles and we pray for the sick, and we believe for miracles, Jesus' fame spreads throughout the land. How many want to make Jesus famous? Amen? He, we, you might say, well, he don't need no help. Yes, he does. That's why he told us to go and preach the gospel. If he didn't need help, he wouldn't have told us to go. He chooses to use us. And I, I'm going to tell you a couple stories this morning, and the reason I'm stirred is because I thank God and I want to talk especially to the younger people here, not, not putting out the older, but especially the newer, let's put it that way, not even the younger, the newer people in the gospel, in the, in the church, newer people in the word of God, people who are young converts especially. If you just got saved, you don't know what you missed out on being saved 20 or 30 years ago. Because I got saved at the end probably, near the end, uh, it doesn't mean God's not moving today. Trust me, he's moving. But I got saved, thankfully, in a, at the end of a generation that saw miracles. I was, I was raised in church, like my dad said, and many of you might have that testimony, and many of us are testimonies that we didn't really get. We, we were in the church, but we didn't really know Jesus until we got older and we had our own encounter. And, and that's what people need. We need our own encounter with God. We don't, we, it's great to hear it from our parents. And it's great to hear the stories. But how many know you got to have a personal encounter with Jesus for yourself? Amen? Where you say, this is what Jesus did for me. I was saved 
or, or grow up in church where, I, where people were being uh, slain in the spirit, people were being healed, church went to midnight, people were ca- demons were cast out. I mean, I, I, I remember the, the noise. That's all I remember is the noise. And I don't mean that in a bad way or a disrespectful way. God was moving in those services. I was in, in churches, and, and y'all know Chris Clock that came here and preached. That's the evangelist that I got saved under. And, and so when I did get saved and I gave my life to the Lord, I had memories and I I said, God, I want that in my life, and I want to see a move of God in my life. I want to see revival. I want to see healings. I want to see people baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to see all these things that I heard about and saw growing up. I want you to use me in that way. And what's going to make a move of God is if we can get just enough people in this place. And it doesn't have to even be 10 or 20. It could just be two or three. If I could just get two or three other people in this house to begin to believe with me for a revival and for a move of God, amen, it will usher the rapture back, amen? Because the devil will have to say, Lord, please come. So this revival stops. Amen. How many want to see a revival before Jesus comes back? Because don't forget, he's still coming back. He hasn't forgotten about the rapture, amen? He's still coming. But he's saying, I guess he's saying, let's see a little move of God here. So while we're here, we're going to see a move of God. We're not just going to fulfill time. We're going to see a move of God, amen? We're going to see the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. We're going to see people get up out of their wheelchairs. We're going to see the dead rise. We're going to see marriages saved. We're going to see miracles. I just need two or three people to believe with me. Because I know in my heart that I have not seen what I know God said I was supposed to see. Amen. Before he comes back. Let's read on. Verse 29. Now, as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother, his mother-in-law, lay sick with a fever. And they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand, lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her. And she served them. How do you know you're healed? You begin to do something you couldn't do before. <clears throat> right? <clears throat> she was in bed. She couldn't move. She was sick. Boom. She got up and began to serve them. She didn't have to wait to go to the doctor. She didn't have to wait to see if she was all right. She was good. She began to serve them. Amen? 32. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. I want to focus this morning on this this morning. I'm not just the healing physically, but the spiritual deliverance that we can have. Not only the spiritual deliverance we can have, but the spiritual deliverance we can be used in to, to set others free. This is not just for breakaway. This is not just for a situation. This is for all of us. How many know that if the power of God is in you, that demon will manifest in front of you? Amen. That spirit will rise up of the enemy. And when he does, you squash it with the name of Jesus. Amen. You take authority over it. It's the awesome thing about God is he does not look on our outside. It's not about size. It's not about height. It's not about looks. It's about the power of God inside of us and the faith we have in Jesus name. Amen. So it says the sick came and the demon possessed and the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many. Now, don't take that many for meaning he didn't heal them all. They couldn't count them all. Amen. We know many times in the Bible it says he healed them what? All. He brought to those who were sick and those who were demon possessed. He healed many who were sick with various diseases. 34 and cast out many demons. 
And he did not, watch this, he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. You tell them, demons, shut up. Be quiet in Jesus' name. Amen. Be quiet in Jesus' name. I know that I know that I know that God wants to show himself this morning. He wants to manifest his power, but not just here in our services, not just here at church. He wants to manifest his power through us everywhere we go. Real revival is not just what happens in the church service. Real revival is when things begin to happen outside of the church service, when things begin to happen at work, when things begin to happen at school, when things begin to happen at the supermarket. Amen? But there was this man named Ronald Coiner. Anybody ever heard of Ronald Coiner? Does that name ring a bell to anybody? Ronald Coiner. He was, a, he was an evangelist. He's still alive. But this was, I, I think this was in the 90s. And uh, I was reading about him this week. What I've been doing is reading again about some of these miracles and some of these people who, who God has done great things through. I want to raise your faith again. This man, Ronald Coiner, was a young boy. And he had, was born blind in his right eye. And during time went on, the eye got infected, and he had to have it surgically removed. So he was left with no eye, spent the rest of his life with the glass eye from a young age. So he was at a healing event, and, his mom, and he had a, a, a throat problem. He had tonsillitis. So his mom said, honey, go up there and get prayed for for your throat. So the man went up there to the evangelist, and he said, what do you want me to pray for? He said, I've got tonsillitis. Pray for my throat. Prayed for his throat. His, his throat was immediately healed, but he said, and he said, thank you. As he walked away, the evangelist said, come back here. And he looked at his eye, and he noticed, he said, your, your, your eyes don't line up. God wants to heal your eye. He did not know anything about the fact that he didn't have a real one. <clears throat> Amen. Sometimes that's better. Amen. Amen. <laughs> he, said, he said, God wants to heal your eye. Your eyes, it's crooked, it's not right. He prayed for him, didn't know what he prayed for, but that man walked out of that service healed, and then later on, he began to preach the gospel. He would go into services just like this. He'd begin to tell his testimony. And then he would say, now, you, did you see it personally? My dad's seen it personally in person. We didn't talk. You know, my dad didn't talk this morning or about what I was preach about. He began to go to places. He'd tell his testimony. Then he would say, I need six or seven people to get up right now. And I need you to come up here. And I want you to bring your licenses with you. And he would take a handkerchief out and he would fold it 16 times. And they would put it over his good eye. And then they would wrap him up and tape him up and cover it in every way possible. He'd have people in the line look at it, make sure they couldn't see anything. It wasn't like they just blindfolded him. Then he would remove his eye out of his socket, the fake eyeball. And this is documented by a doctor. And he would take that eyeball out and put it in his pocket. And he would look, go like this and say, look, and show him the socket with no eye. And the doctor verified that there was no working uh, uh, nerves, nothing. The, that entire eyeball, that eye socket was dead. That was doctor verified. So he get, brings these people up, eyeball in his pocket, and they give him their licenses. He says, you, I've never talked to you, I've never seen you guys. And he begins to read their licenses through this socket with no eyeball. Wow. You tell me there's not a God. And my dad has seen, have you been to service? Huh? He read yours. Wow. I promise you, me and my dad did not talk. 
That proof in the pudding, that's better than I could say it to myself, amen? Read his license, amen? He'd do the numbers, he'd do the name, he would do everything on there. See, that's the kind of stuff my dad's seen, amen? I've seen some stuff too, but I don't want to hear about the stories. I want to see the stories, amen? How many want to see the stories? How many want to leave our church service and say, man, you got to come see what God did? Let me tell you what the Lord did in our service and not just be second or third uh, person. Amen? Let's go to another scripture. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. And if you want to just write it down, you can. I'm going to read this, but I'm just going to read one verse. <clears throat> this is why this morning we can have healing. This is why this morning we can cast out demons. This is why we can walk in authority of Jesus Christ, because of what Jesus did. We have to remember that. If we will just focus on what Jesus did, if we will just fall in love with what Jesus did, if we will just keep our eyes on what Jesus has already done, we will see miracles. It is not about us. It is not about what we can do. It's not about faith we have or don't have. Faith is important. But if we remember what Jesus already did, then that work is already done when we pray for it. But we need to remind ourselves of this verse. This is a go-to verse. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He who himself bore, meaning took upon himself, our sins in his own body on the tree. Okay? This is a real simple verse. He took our sins on his body on the tree. That we, that means everybody, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. And it says, by whose stripes we are healed. It does not say can be healed. It does not say might be healed. It says we, by his stripes, are healed. Amen, Amen meaning it's already done. All we have to do is line our life up and our faith up with the word and the action that already took place. That's where we fail sometimes. Does God ever not want to heal somebody? Never. Is there ever a situation God can't heal? Never. It's always our problem. It's always our lack of faith or our lack of belief in what Jesus did. It is never the lack of power. It's just like that connection. You have to have the power cord in the outlet. Many times we have the outlet there and we have the power cord in our hands and there's a certain belief, but we don't plug it in. And until it gets plugged in the wall, then nothing's going to happen. But if we'll plug it in, something will happen. Amen? Let me read that again. He who himself bore our sins in his own body on the throne, sorry, on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. The Bible says from the Old Testament that he became a curse for us. The Bible says he who is, who is killed on a tree is cursed. So he became the curse for us. That's why the gospel is so amazing. It's such an amazing story. It's such an amazing truth. It's such an amazing plan of, of elimination. He says, you're cursed, you're sick, you're full of sin, and so I'm going to come down from heaven. I'm going to be a perfect 
a sacrifice and I'm going to be cursed for you. I'm going to be sin for you. I'm going to be sickness for you. I'm going to be doubt for you. I'm going to be financial blessing for you. I'm going to be marital problems for you. I'm going to be everything you need on that tree. So all you have to do is put your faith in me and you can be healed. Now go back to Mark chapter 2. I should have had you hold your spot there. Mark chapter 2. And we're going to see that what happens right after the story we read. That both of these things, and this leads into what we read last week. This is when the, the story I told of when the guys brought, the four guys brought the man and dropped him through the roof. And they had faith for him. And he was healed. And we saw in verse 5, when, he, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytics, your, sons are, sorry, your sins are forgiven you. Now this is interesting because he doesn't heal him right away. He says, your sins are forgiven because the best and greatest miracle is salvation. Okay? That's the best and greatest miracle. Someone ever asks you, what's the greatest miracle you've ever seen? You say right here in front of you. I'm the greatest miracle you've ever seen. You're the greatest. You can be the greatest miracle ever seen because the greatest miracle is when a sinful person gets saved. That's the greatest miracle because what good does it do to get healed and go to hell? Right? And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. So why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. Well, that'll mess up some doctrines today, won't it? Right. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Man can't forgive? Hmm. But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned this within themselves, he said, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? What is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven? Or rise, take up your bed, and walk? Now, for us, it would be easier to say your sins are forgiven, right? right? It's easier to say that. But Jesus wasn't just saying that. He was doing it. We would say definitely, if I see a person laying there that's paralyzed, and someone asks me, is it easier to raise him from the par- being paralytic or say your sins are forgiven? Everybody can say that. Say your sins are forgiven. Right? There you go. That wasn't hard. A little harder to say, get up out of that thing and walk. But Jesus was making a point. He says, I'm God, and I can do both. I can forgive this man of his sins, which is the most important thing. And he says, just so you believe that I can forgive his sins, he says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has come in power and has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. So immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Never seen anything like this. We want to see miracles that no one's ever seen. Things no one can explain. Amen? The last verse I want you to see is Galatians. Write this down, Galatians 3.13. Another key go-to verse. You don't have to go there. Just write it down. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having becoming a curse for us. Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse, having become a curse for us. Amen? How many believe that? Christ has become a curse for us so that we don't have to be cursed. On that cross, on that tree. Amen. I believe this morning 
if anybody's in this place. And listen, we're doing this on Sunday mornings because we want to show God heals. If we don't see it here, we can't practice it outside. Amen. We need to believe that every time we come to church, if someone's sick, if someone's hurting, if someone's in pain, if someone's going through something, they can be healed right now. We, need to, we don't need to worry. If I bring my friend, if I bring my, you know, that's why we do altar calls. How many have ever brought someone to a church and said, man, I hope they do an altar call? You don't have to worry about that here. You bring somebody that's not saved, they're going to get a chance to be saved. Amen. You bring somebody that's sick, let's believe they're going to get a chance to be healed. Amen. You bring someone that's bound by drugs, let's believe they're going to get set free. Amen. Amen. You, believe, you bring someone who's lost, believe they're going to be found. We got, we got to believe that we're not just here having a social club. We are the church of the living God. Amen. We are the church of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Is there, is there a man here right now that's got hip or back pain? Anybody here hip or back pain right now? Man, quickly. Anybody? <clears throat> That's good. A woman, hip or back pain, lower back pain, hip pain. Nobody? You have pain? Come up here. Come up, come up here on this stage right here. Sit on the chair. Put your legs straight out. Sit down. Back up. Yeah, put your legs out. Okay. Can y'all see that that left leg is longer than the right? Can y'all see that over here? See the left leg? The back leg is longer? We're going to pray, and you're going to see that right leg move right now. Okay? And, and, and where, where's your pain right now? Is it on that side? Okay. Dominic's been, in, so y'all know me, I'm not like a, a um, what's it called, televangelist that I'm planning all this stuff. Uh, he, has, he has scoliosis, but I was not thinking of my nephew when I said to, for someone to stand up. So this is my nephew, and I know he has scoliosis, and I know God can heal him. Yeah. Amen. Amen? But many times God will show a physical manifestation. I know all of you on that side can't see this, but all of you can. Can you see it over there? Can you see his foot, that the left one's longer? Okay. Now, um, I want to, I don't, want, I don't want this to be Pastor Dylan. Ryan, come here. I want you to switch places with Dylan. I want you to just hold his feet. There you go. See his foot still still off? Now, you, Ryan's not going to do anything but hold there. Y'all can see, right? Yep. We're going to pray. I want everybody to, to lift your voice and pray. And as we pray, I want you to watch that right leg grow out right in front of you right now. Okay? Everybody? Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over this body. We speak to this leg right now. We speak to this back. We command what is not lined up to be lined up, Father. And I ask that right now, Father, inside, move your left hand, Ryan. Right, j just your left one. Yeah, hold them both. In, in Jesus' name, Father, it is growing out right now. 
Father, I pray you're healing his back. And Lord, you are putting that, that S back in line. And Father, there is no issue there. And God, when he gets up this morning, he is going to be healed. And I pray, Lord, that it has been documented that he is sick with scoliosis. And Lord, he'll be able to run. He'll be able to jump. He'll be able to walk right now, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Look at his leg. Stand up. Move around. I always like that smile. Move around, bend your back, do something that's been hurting that you haven't been able to do. You feel healed? Amen. Jog a little bit, run around, jump up and down, do something that would hurt. Amen. Did you feel it move? Ryan, God used you to heal him. Amen. See? I wish y'all could have seen that. That's just putting faith on God. I don't have to say, well, what if it doesn't move? I know it's going to move because God gives us authority, gives us power. Amen. Amen. Do you know that you could do that at work? Walk around and find someone with back pain. It works. My daughters have learned to do that. It's not like some magical thing. It's the power of God. How many know that if you've got back pain and you pray for them and their pain goes away, they're going to believe. And you didn't need, we didn't need music. We didn't need some other kind of, uh, you know, hocus pocus or let's all get up and speak in tongues for 10 minutes. We just said in Jesus' name. We, 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 we command that back to go back into place. And we pray that it's not going to go back to where it was again. Amen? Why? Because Jesus has power to heal. Anybody ever heard of R.W. Shambach? I'm going to close with this story. R.W. Shambach. Anybody heard of A.A. Allen? There was three majorly, majorly, majorly used men of God, even before, way before Billy Graham came along. A.A. Allen, Jack Coe, and William Branham. They were three men that would do tent tent revivals. That's not died, because people still do them, but it's gone gone to be not popular nowadays, because the megachurch has snuffed that out. The megachurch has snuffed that out. And so now people come to see lights and smoke instead of manifestations of God's power. Amen? And they're drawn in by something that looks like God, but there's no power there to heal. They don't pray for the sick. They don't cast out demons because that's not popular. But I believe that God still wants to do that today. And he wants to do that in our lives and in our church and in our our families. And this man, A.A. Allen, was mightily, mightily used of God. And I remember going to Sierra Vista and they actually were so mightily used by God. How many would like them to change Denton, Texas to Miracle Valley? Amen. Amen. Wouldn't that be awesome? This place was called Miracle Valley because of some miracles they saw. It's still to this day, it's called Miracle Valley. And this man was mightily used, A.A. Allen in, in Arizona. And uh, R.W. Shambach was his worship leader. Now, most people that know who R.W. Shambach was, he was used many years. I was in one of his healing crusades. And I remember one night we went to the Tucson Convention Center. And this man, R.W. Shambach, there must have been 5,000 people there probably. A lot of people. And when he got done preaching, he said, I'm going to pray tonight for every single person that is sick here. And people stood up and there was a line all around the place. And I remember that man prayed for every single person in that place. Amen. That's a lot of people and that's a lot of tiredness. 
And so this man, R.W. Schambach, has is he passed away? Is he still alive? Yeah. Died a couple years ago. He tells this story of the greatest miracle he ever saw. He's under A.A. Allen. They're having a miracle crusade. Now, this is, this is again, this is, this is not popular today. Church, three times a day for a week. They had morning service, midday service, and night service. And the, the morning services would be people like we use, like our disciples in the making, where we're teaching these men to preach and teaching them to walk in the gifts. And in the mornings, they would preach the services, and they would lift up the people's faith every morning for those two services. So at night, people would come with their faith up, and they would believe for miracles, and God would do massive, mighty, amazing miracles at night. So R.W. Schambach says that this, this one lady comes, and they're in Birmingham, Alabama. This one lady comes uh, to, up to him during the week, and she says about midweek, she says, I, I've been here all week so far. And this, actually, this is getting near the end of the week. She says, I've been here all week, and I brought my son. He's four years old, and he has 26 diseases. He was born with 26 diseases. He has no feet. He has no male organs. He's blind, deaf, and dumb. And he says, I brought him to this, to this crusade. And I've been here all week. I've been staying in a motel, and I've been buying food. She says, I've spent everything I have. She says, I have $20 left. This was the last week of the services. She says, I have $20 left to get back to Birmingham, Alabama, or back to Knoxville, Tennessee tomorrow. They were in Birmingham, Alabama, and I need a miracle. She says, I've been here all week. And see, what they would do is in the, in, in the night crusades or during the week, they'd have people write down their need. And they would pray over them all week. And then at night, the, the, the evangelist would call a prayer card, and he would pull that person up, and they would pray for him. But that week, her name had not been called. And so she kept uh, just praying and believing. So she talked to R.W. Schambach, and she said, I have only $20 left to my name. Back in that day, they didn't have checking accounts. It was cash. So I have $20 left, and I have to get back to Birmingham or Knoxville, Tennessee, and I have to pay for my doctor's appointment, and I have to pay for gas. She had $15 for the doctor's appointment, $5 for gas. Now, $5 wouldn't do us nothing today, but $5 back at 15 cents a gallon would get you a full tank. She said, I got to pay my gas back and my, and my doctor's appointment. She said, I have no hope. When, uh, when are you going to pray for my son? R.W. Sandbach said to her, she said, lady, tonight, if he has not prayed for her, I will personally take your son to the man of God's trailer after service. He will get prayed for, I promise. That night service came. R.W. Sandbach was leading the worship. Amen? So ain't nothing wrong with leading worship. Amen? That's a good place to start. He's leading worship for A.A. A. Allen. And they're doing the songs, and the songs get over, and A.A. Uh, a. Allen comes up, and he says, we're going to take up an offering tonight. And he says, I'm going to take up a faith offering. He said he had never heard those words. He was not a prosperity gospel. They didn't get it mixed back then. They just did the gospel. But he got up, and he said, I want to take up an offering tonight. He says, I want to take up a faith offering. And R.W. Schambach says, I don't know what he meant when he said faith offering. He said, never heard him say that word. Maybe that's where it started. Amen where people began to use it the wrong way. He said, but, I said, I'm going to take up a faith offering. And he says, what I mean by that, because everybody was like, what do you mean a faith offering? He said, what I mean is, I want you to give something tonight that you have to have faith to give. Because if you'll give something with faith, you're connecting faith to your offering. You're acting. Remember we talked last week about miracles come by action of faith, by doing something. 
So he said that, and they took up the offering. He didn't talk long. He said as soon as the music started and the people started becoming to come forward to bring the offering, R.W. Shambach sees that woman jump out of her chair three-quarters of the way back. She jumps up and runs to the front of the offering and throws money in. R.W. Shambach says, I, I got to see what she put in there. I know she only has 20 bucks to her name. He ran up there and looked in. She had dropped a $20 bill in the offering. Amen. She said, I am going home with a miracle. I'll walk my kid back, but I'm going to walk a healthy kid back. Amen. She said, I'm going to believe for a miracle. How many know that's desperation? You see those stories in the Bible. You see the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says she had been 12 years sick and she had spent all her money on doctors. Listen, if you're in a, dis, a desperate situation, this, I, want, I want you to realize something. A desperate situation does not make it harder to see a miracle. A desperate situation makes it easier to see a miracle because you have nothing left to do but believe for a miracle. Amen? You have nothing left to do but say, God, if you don't show up, I'm dead. And this woman runs down and gives her last $20 in the offering. R.W. Shambach says, I saw her put that money in. I left the stage, went behind, and began to weep. He knew the situation. He knew there was no way she could get back to where she came from. And you got to realize, $20 40 or 50 years ago was a lot of money. He says, God, he starts weeping. He says, God, please heal this boy. God, please do something. Please, Lord. He says, he says please give. We've been preaching faith all week, and here she is showing her faith. By giving this offering, he says, God, please do. And he says, God, help me with my faith. Amen. I said that last Sunday when I said, God, help me with my faith, with my unbelief. When I told you the story about the boy that came forward with the baseball in his throat. I said, God, help me with my unbelief. Amen. And so he, he comes back in and the service starts and A.A. Allen begins to preach. Fifteen minutes into his message, he says, the Spirit's taken me someplace. This is how God would use those men. The Spirit would take him a place. And R.W. Shambach says, oh, oh, Lord, here we go. <laughs> He's going somewhere. And he begins to explain where he goes. He says, he said he would literally, it would be literally like he was leaving his body. He spiritually would go someplace. And on the stage, he says, I'm going someplace. He says, I'm in a humongous, I'm seeing a humongous white building. He says, I see this white building, and, he says, and he's describing as he sees it. Inside this white building, he says, I hear babies crying. He says, I know this is a maternity ward. He says, I'm seeing a young boy be born. He said, this young boy has 12, 16, 21, 26 major diseases. He says, I see this boy being handed over to a weeping mom. He says, I see this young mom taking this young boy and getting in a Ford car. He says, I see border being crossed between Tennessee and Alabama. He says, I see this young lady with her, her four-year-old son walking into this place. He says, young, young lady, you're here tonight. He says, God is going to heal your son tonight. That's God. She rose up. And R.W. Shambach said when he heard the 26 diseases, he said this woman's going to get her miracle tonight. It is the night. Amen. Listen, church, we serve a living God. He is not dead. Amen. He is alive. We've got to just believe that he is alive. Amen. Look, one more thing. John chapter 14. I'm going to give you the rest of the story tonight. Just kidding. You know they used to do that? That's what they do to get the person to come back. John chapter 14. 
Do come back, though. Because I'm going to preach tonight and Wednesday night on exposing the enemy and defeating him. How many want to expose him and defeat him? John 14. We know the beginning verses. Let your heart be troubled. I'm going away to a place to prepare for you. That's not where we're going with this one. Go down a little, little, little further. Down to verse 10. No, 9. Jesus said, I have been with you so long and you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you believe that I am the Father? Or in the Father? And the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. The Father who dwells in us does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the work themselves. Now watch this very carefully. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. That ought to get you excited. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask, say whatever. whatever. How many believe whatever means whatever? Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I am not standing up here to, to get credit for me or to say, look at me. I'm standing up here telling you God can use you to heal the sick. God can use you to cast out demons. God can use you to lay your hands on the sick. Amen. I'm not saying this just to say it. My daughters know we don't run to the doctor when someone gets sick. We run to the pantry to get the oil and we pray over their bodies. Amen. And they get healed. Amen. Don't run to the doctor. Run to the doctor. Amen. Run to the great physician, Jesus Christ. I know some of us have been trained. If our nose starts sniffling, we get a doctor's appointment. Stop that. Talk to Jesus. Train your kids up in in the way they should go so that when they get sick, they pray. Amen. Only one time. Thank God. Glory to him. In 16 years of Desi's life, 20, almost 21 years of Christian's life, have we ever been in a hospital? One time. And it was at the point of death because her appendix was about to bust. And that was a miracle in itself. We were just talking about that last night with my mother-in-law, that the Lord gave us wisdom and discernment to take her at that moment. And when they got there and opened her up, it was infected and just about to burst. Even when God uses doctors, he still uses us before that. There's nothing wrong with doctors. Just don't run to him first. Run to Jesus first. Amen. Amen. He, he uses doctors. But we need to believe in the miraculous. Amen. And we can do those great works ourselves. Why? So Jesus will get glory. Amen. They bring that young boy up. They put him in A. Allen's hands. He begins to pray. And R.W. Shambach says, everybody close your eyes. R.W. Shambach said, I'm not closing my eyes. I'm watching this. He says, I've been waiting all week to see this miracle. He says, don't be, don't be super spiritual on me. You'd have done the same thing. Yeah. Amen. He starts walking across that stage with that boy, and he starts praying. R.W. Sandbox starts walking with him. They're praying over that boy. He, said, he says, all of a sudden, I think I mentioned to you that he was deaf, dumb, and blind. 
and that his, I didn't mention this, his tongue hung out of his mouth on his chin. He just stayed there all the time, just hung there. He said they began to pray, and all of a sudden the first thing that happened was that tongue went like a rubber band back into his mouth. He said they went over to those blind eyes. He said no one knew the color of his eyes because it looked like milk. He said he went over and looked at his eyes. He began to see spirals, and all of a sudden brown eyes appeared. He said as he continued to walk, he said people were just gasping in the crowd. He says as he continues to walk, they hear cracks as the hands and the feet that were in the fetal position of this boy began to bust open, and his arms and legs cracked open like this. He was born with no feet. He said right before his eyes, he saw feet grow out in front of him off of stubs. I'm talking about miracle power, church. I'm talking about Jesus is the Christ, same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? That might have happened 50 years ago, but it can happen today. Amen? All we got to do is believe Jesus is the healer. He said when that happened... Faith began to rise. I said this last week. When a miracle takes place, someone who's been hurting begins to say, God, you are here. You are the miracle worker. He said there was 12 wheelchairs on the side. All 12 stood up in unison at one time out of their wheelchairs. All 12 of them popped up. He said people began to walk from the back with canes and drop them. People began to come forward with uh, hearing aids and drop them on the stage. He said people every, every, all over the place, there was 3,000 people in that tent. He said everywhere they looked, people were jumping up, people were looking at their eyes, people were moving around. He said every single person in that place got healed that night because the faith arose. Amen. And that's what happened last week when we said when Jesus began to heal, everybody got healed. Why? Because all Jesus needs is faith. He doesn't need power. He already has that. He doesn't need to go to the cross again. He already did that. All he needs is you and me to connect our faith with his power and say, God, I know we're in 2015. I know we're in a technological generation. But the way we win this world is not by phones and cameras and lights. It's by the power of a living God in the life of a person that's desperate. Amen. In a marriage, in the finances, in a body that's hurting, in cancer that needs to be healed. There's nothing God cannot do if we'll just believe tonight. This morning, amen. Musicians, you can come. Don't tune me out, though. I want you to believe. I want your faith to arise, not just for this morning, but for work, for school, for everywhere you go. To say, God, I, I know I just got to muster up the strength just to pray for that person. God, give me the strength just to say, let me pray for that headache. Let me pray for that sickness. Let me pray for that disease. Let me pray for that headache. Let me do something for you, God. I just need somebody in this place to get desperate and say, I'm desperate for a move of God. I'm desperate to see God do something he's never done before and that he'll get credit for. Amen? Do you believe you're healed? Do you believe he's healed? I believe he's healed. Because we spoke over that. Jesus is a healer. Amen. Today, you might not have a physical ailment. Maybe you've got a spiritual thing you're battling. Anger, unforgiveness. Maybe you need a miracle in your finances. You need a miracle in your marriage. Whatever it is, that same power that heals a body, heals a marriage. Heals a relationship. Heals finances. 
Maybe today you say, God, I need, I need, I need a miracle in my finances. I believe the healer's here. I need a miracle in my kids. Maybe you want to pray over your kids. Maybe you notice in your kids something that's not, that's not godly, something that's not right. Attitude, a spirit. God will give us discernment to speak over that thing, say, I bind that. I'm not going to accept that. We said this last week, maybe someone spoke something over you. And they need to be healed right now. In a minute, at the end, right here at the end, just a few minutes, I'm going to have anybody who wants to pray for their kids to go get their kids. Mind things, what the world would call ADD. All the, all the world has done is put names on demonic forces. And that doesn't mean your kid has a demon. It means that there's an oppression upon them. It means something's been spoken over them. It means a lie's been told over them. Whatever, I'm not, I'm not saying your kid's demon-possessed. But there's a demonic, there, God's not in it. It's not God. So if there's sin, you would recognize as a parent. Maybe you wonder, maybe you say, I wonder if, if my kid's got something that needs to be removed out of his life. I can't make that choice for you, but I'll pray for him. Amen? The healer's here. The deliverer's here. The peace giver's here. Not sleeping is not of of God's will. Unrest is not God's will. Depression is not God's will. None of these things are God's will. And if you have any of those things, I want faith to rise up in you, and I want authority to come upon you, and I want you to say, I'm not going to accept this anymore. I'm not going to be like this anymore. I'm not going to walk in this anymore. I'm going to be healed this morning. I'm going to be 